Over the Ball is brought to you by Soccer America. Soccer America, the soccer paper of record. Go to SoccerAmerica.com and sign up for your subscription today. And by Nella from Fitbiomics. The Harvard doctor has found the probiotic strain that is found in most world-class athletes. Not all probiotics are the same. More information on all our sponsors at OverTheBall.com slash sponsors. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247. Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn and Chris Chamonix. I'm Kevin Flynn, and Chris Chamonix is on the other side of the world as far as I'm concerned. I'm in Edinburgh. He's in Los Angeles. I'm at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival with my one-man fear of heights which I do every day at one o'clock here in Edinburgh, which is the time that as a comedian, I used to come home for God's sakes. And now I'm, uh, now I'm, I'm all done by two fifteen, So it's all good. Chris, you're going through your, your uh, preseason. And I got to tell you, man, I haven't been a player in a long time. And I still miss that feeling every fall of saying, I hate preseason, but I love preseason. And here we go. So uh, you're right in the middle of it, brother. This is like the, busiest time and most stressful time of the year for you so i appreciate you being on otb how's it going it's going great it's uh yeah the the 52 weeks of the year these are literally for a college coach the two busiest of the whole year so we're in the middle of it bunch of sessions bunch of meetings meals all that kind of stuff so it's a it's a full day affair how how are you doing how many shows do you have under your belt there uh i think i'm five in i've done two i I previewed three and now i've just done two and um it's it's going well and it's a really it's a very humbling experience because as a comedian in the united states i go to a club i show up i don't worry about people being there if there's always a crowd i get paid i go home uh this is very different they no one knows who i am (laughs) no one knows who i am in america who's kidding who but no one knows who knows who knows who i am here and you know, uh, my buddy Chris Titus is here. Chris had a, a show on television, and and he draws about a, a thousand people to a, a theater in in the states. He's getting ten, twelve people a show. I mean, it's it's pretty like wow. It's all word of mouth. You know, they tell two people, they tell two people, and in my case, pretty soon eight people are going to know. So it's uh it's it's been it's been fun though. I, I've I've really enjoyed it, um, and the shows are going pretty well. I'm, I'm getting the, the groove, and it's um, three thousand shows are here, and two kids today. I was getting a coffee before my show, and and these two young kind of interns are working behind the coffee area, uh, and they're like, oh my god, sitting right there is so and so. And so and so, I can't believe they're sitting here. I have no idea who they are. And they're apparently famous in Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales. And we, as Americans, are oblivious. I have no idea who the dude is. Two of them are. So it's a, it's another world. And so as an American, it's humbling coming here as a, as a comedian. And, you know, I got to get a, at 20 people, and, and I'm happy in this little theater doing my one man. And it's supposed to be reviewed in the next uh, week or two. So um, yeah. thank, thank God I don't know when. What's the one o'clock like for you? You've, you've obviously been doing the opposite, right? All these years. <laughs> yeah. Well, one o'clock is like for a comedian. That's like when you come home, Jesus, when you're in your twenties. But um, it, you know, I, I like it. I get up in the morning, do my little workout, and then I then I head to the theater, and I actually enjoy it because I'm done. I'm done by two fifteen, and um, I just I go to another show. I you know have a beer at four o'clock and, a, and an early dinner, and, and then I'm home. And of course, I'm late uh, for this with you guys getting to here because uh, the crowds are huge. You just can't get out of these sort of theaters in these areas. 
thousands of people walking around. It's it's and they just support the arts. It's really it's really pretty wonderful. So uh, it, and they I'm love their curious. football. Yeah, I'm actually curious. When you have downtime, is there? Do you have soccer on on television that you can watch? Like, is it nonstop or not at all? Dude, a little bit? dude, this this is my big. I can't say complaint because look, you know, when in Rome, I'm not going to complain about other culture, but I realize how fortunate we are with the amount of soccer we have on television. Look, Chris, when you and I grew up, there was no soccer on TV. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little more for you because you're younger than me, but there was nothing. There was a show on PBS, Soccer Made in Germany. Now we right. have so much in America. We get to what? The Premier League, MLS, uh, you know, La Liga, uh, Ligue everything is on there. Bundesliga. I can't find soccer on here. And I think it's it's probably on Sky Sports. And the apartment I'm in doesn't, you know, have it. I try to go online to watch where I would watch on NBC or, you know, Peacock or any of the shows. I can't get it because it's a UK uh, IT address. So, I'm miserable. I haven't been able to watch any soccer. Didn't watch Liverpool. I was sitting at home when Man City was playing. Couldn't find it on basic Scottish television. It's it's maddening, man. I, I feel yeah. bad for them. I feel bad for the people. Yeah, it's funny. The American soccer fan, not everyone knows this, but that's why I asked you is because my understanding is the TV contracts, we actually have more content from the big leagues in the world than any other country. You can watch more of those bigger games. And if you go beyond and do like whatever it is, the Paramount Pluses and the ESPN Pluses yeah. and the NBC, uh, or Peacock or whatever it yeah. is, you know, you get to see all those games, which is what I was bummed about because the Premier League started this weekend. We get all excited and then the marquee game is is West Ham Man City, and it's on it's on Peacock, and you know not everyone gets to watch that, which is always a bit Chris, of a bummer. Chris, I have absolutely every one of those subscriptions, and when I come back uh, to America, which will be you know, almost basically September, I can watch all the games. I can watch Liverpool games, Man City games, Everton games, everything I want to watch because they're still on there. Uh, the whole season is on there, so I'm I'm going to have a lot of catch up to do. But I, you know, I just feel like it's it's uh, it's unbelievable that you have it's a premier package that you have to buy just to see the basic game of the week. It would be like in America saying you can't watch the NFL unless you have an NFL package. There, yeah. Um, many yeah. people have said I have an NFL package, but they were talking about something completely different. Um, anyway, couldn't watch any footy this weekend, and and it was just maddening. It was maddening. So they have yeah. they have a couple of like. Uh, young football legends, you know, like showing kids training. Less than one percent of all the players will make it. And then they talk to all these like cherubic little young kids talking about how they're all going to be pros. Every one of them says, "I'm going to be the one." And um, you know, you're like, "Well, like that's that's kind of nice." But they're they have content programming that is about making it to the next league. But they don't have any of the games on basic uh, cable, so it just sucks. And I can't get it on on um, on, on my. Uh, internet either so pretty maddening for me and also chris you know you're right there lafc all the games you know we're going to get to go to someone uh, back in the fall but mls had like a banner weekend for goals and, and and apparently bale scored a hell of a goal tell me about it yeah yeah you didn't get to see it yeah uh, by the way great use of the word cherubic fantastic place thank you very much yeah sure um, the, 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 That's so sarcastic. That was sure. <laughs> little throwaway. We call that in the comedy business. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. Anyway. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, you know, I had some other conversations in the last week and, and, and just trying to tell people, you know, the experience I had of watching Bale train with Real Madrid a few years back and, and how he was the best athlete on the field on those Real Madrid teams. 
Yeah. And, and, and so now, you know, you, you put him into MLS and he's coming off the bench in whatever, the 60th minute. And he's oh my God. blowing by people. I mean, literally gets the ball wide, two people out there, and he just blows by them and scores in a goal that's atypical in the pro level. Um, but he's just so really? physically good that he there's mismatches there that he can just run past. And because the LAFC team is borderline scary at this point, that they have amazing quickness and speed and power and experience now, a great blend of that. All the younger players that Bob Bradley had the last few years have now gotten a couple of years under their belt and shown the lows got them going well. They have depth and rhythm. They're very hard to beat right now. You know, uh, you know, Bale, you're talking about Bale. It's like you notice that athleticism, but there's a guy, you know, brought up playing soccer, but he's got that sort of hunter gatherer sort of build and body and that burst of speed that, you know, not only the first two, three steps, you know, the quickness, but also a top speed. Remember when he pushed the ball? I think he was playing for Real Madrid. He pushed the ball. He, he ran out of bounds, like, you know, five or six yards around in an arcing circle and still beat the guy running directly back. And I think it was an Italian defender. I'm not sure if it were a Spanish defender, but pure athleticism. And what is he, about 32? Bale? Yeah, I think he's 33, 34, if I'm not wrong. Wow. But, you know, he's a big dude, you know? Like, yeah. he's, not, he's, he's tall, he's strong, he's powerful, he's fast, he's quick, and he's so skillful. I mean, that's how we got to Real Madrid. You know, you don't just end up there. So so now he's going from there to here in, in a year where he's obviously motivated because of the World Cup. And he's just yeah, well. So, yeah, and it, it was a big goal. And, of course, they take on the United States first. So I, I, I root for him. Um, I think he perhaps had too much patience because players want to play. And for some reason, he just didn't want to play. He was going to ride out his contract and sort of like a sort of an FU to the to Real Madrid. Say, like, you, you know, you're going to pay me and I'm going to golf which surprised me, but I guess the Moral Cup and playing for Wales has motivated him. So uh, we're the beneficiaries in the United States. And talk about MLS. What what was this, this whole goal-scoring bonanza that just erupted in the league? Yeah, you have a couple of teams that have kind of had hard starts like Kansas City, and all of a sudden they put up three goals, you know, and they, okay, barely hold on to beat the Galaxy, but they beat them, you know. And so, you know, you, you get some of this sometimes when you hit them that summer start when the heat goes up sometimes the score lines get a little you know haywire there and i think you, you get that a little bit historically in mls and we certainly saw that so you know a couple of teams have been underperforming certain are overperforming um you know you have austin doing extremely well nashville still doing well and of course lafc is at the top of the the table so, so you're talking about i mean i guess you're referring to the heat right and then sort of yeah. Defending becomes a little harder, um, dogged defending. I mean, you, you kind of can't keep the intensity up for the 90. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the heat and the humidity in certain parts of the country. And then also you've got now X number of games under your belt. So general fatigue starts to creep in, you know. And mm -hmm. so when you have to take that longer trip to that hotter market with humidity and you've got a bunch of games in your legs already, you know, it, it, it just makes it a little bit more challenging, you know. And so Boy, the, the thresholds are different for success, and uh, so, some teams struggle with that. And so we're getting some inconsistent score lines. Well, how would you like to bail to come in at the 65th minute when you're a defender? Like, oh, my God, what a nightmare. Um, yeah. All right, so good things in MLS. I look forward to getting back to the States and checking out some games. Um, I think I have a couple of dates in Austin and a few other places. So I'm going to try to – I want to check out that stadium in Austin for sure. Um the Premier League has started. That, as I mentioned earlier, was just so frustrating that I couldn't watch any of the games. Uh, I don't really want to talk about Ronaldo again, but, but I guess he, he you know, sat 
on the bench, didn't play, didn't look happy the whole time. We sort of shit on him last week a little bit about not being really in it for the team, but for himself. Uh, but they lost. And already they're talking about uh, dumping the coach. They blame the Glazers. I, it's it's amazing what happens there in this, this game. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a soap opera of sorts right now, which mm-hmm. is sad because for, for the club that they are, you know, uh, yeah. you know, the Glazers aren't going anywhere. The coach isn't going anywhere. Uh, Ronaldo might. And I, I know Wayne Rooney, who's now coaching at DC United, came out this week and said, you know, we, we probably need to let him go. He doesn't want to be there. Let him go. Yeah. You know, which is what I've kind of been hinting at. You know, as much as he's got a contract, et cetera, et cetera, he's uh, the type of personality and player that if he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. And so that's, it, it's, I, I see both sides of it. Um, but him not being at his best is not going to help a team, uh, that team. And, and the problem with Man United is they're still making similar mistakes than what they've done the last year or two. And and again, that becomes a personnel, you know, issue at a certain point, and not a coaching issue. So they're off to uh, you know an zero and one start after a somewhat promising preseason where they did rather well. Well, it's a, it's a little early, um, you know. I know, and and Liverpool uh, a tie. They're already you know they're already behind Man Man City. Uh, they got off to a bad start last year. I remember they got sort of in a deficit you know position early on. Uh, I didn't see that game. What are your thoughts on the Liverpool game? Yeah, you know, I, I feel for Liverpool in a way where last year they played the maximum number of games that they could have potentially played. They got to the final wow. in every competition. So I think the number was something about 70. They played 70 games in the previous wow. cycle. And and they they only had two losses in those 70 games. Oh and they gosh. had nothing to show for it besides the Carabao Cup. So they didn't win the Premier League, they didn't win the Champions League, and they had an almost perfect season, which is mind-boggling. Yeah. But it speaks to how good City is. And now they come out of the gate, and what ends up happening is when you play that many games, you have to give the players a break. And then when they come back, the Premier League starts so quickly, especially in a World Cup cycle, you know, and Klopp has talked about this, is like you end up having to use the beginning weeks of the Premier League as an extension of your preseason because they just can't go 12 months straight. So right. they've had to kind of slow down their pace of things and they got caught and they, and they took a tie. So now right out of the gate, game one in city's up by two points. Cause they beat, they beat West Ham at West Ham, which is a big result for them right out of the gate. And Holland had two goals. So he's already putting up some numbers. Uh, boy, the rich get richer, huh? Yeah. I mean, one of them is a penalty and, and I mean, it's an unbelievable penalty that he hits and takes. And uh, it's interesting that through the last few years, City have kind of rotated that a little bit. They kind of go yeah. to Mares sometimes, but they do rotate that. I, I, I have a sense that this is going to be Holland's, you know, penalty to take all year long, potentially. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's going to bag those kinds of goals. And then from run of play, I mean, he's just, he's just a freak, you know, so now with that game model that they have, and then you drop someone like that into that game model. I don't think people realize how much this is going to positively affect them. I see them with health being a Champions League winner this year. That kind of an impact this this guy Alam can have. Yeah, I mean, look, they won the Premier League last what two years? So it's know, four out of yeah, five. Yeah, four out of five. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I I hope. Look, I I used to say it's not fair almost imagine if the nfl had the same top four teams or five teams six teams every year and then everybody else was just sort of picking up the scraps it would not be interesting but that argument goes out the window because last year it was such an exciting you know thing to play for the top to play for the bottom goes to the last you know match of the of the year um it's going to be interesting i think 
Man City seems to cruise a lot easier. Liverpool seems to struggle even when they win. They seem to dominate like with that first 20 minutes and they're either countered on and then they're playing catch up. Is that what happened this week? Well, they got caught. They had a slow start, you know, and Klopp was complaining about what how they started, not just from an energy perspective, but from a tactical perspective. And, mm-hmm. and to put, you know, to use his words, is that they completely did the opposite of what he wanted, you know. And so <laughs> that's a sign of player fatigue right there. Um, and, and they're down two to their credit. They're obviously champions in in their own way, and and found a way to tie and grab the point, which is always valuable. But after everything they've been through, to already look at the table and be down two to to City and, and the yeah. way City got their result because West Ham is one of those top teams and it was West Ham at West Ham and they were pretty comfortable winning pretty comfortably there. But I actually think Tottenham is going to be stronger. Arsenal could be stronger. You know, Mm -hmm. Conte at Tottenham, this is now his first preseason with a team. So this is the, you know, the best version of Conte's team that you'll see is when he has them for for a full preseason. So I would not be surprised if, if Tottenham is battling in the top two or three. You know, really? Yeah, that would not surprise me this year. I know you're you're a big Conte fan, and I think you're probably right because I, look, coaches make a difference; they really do, and not in that bullshit Sam Allardyce sort of way. Like, let me save you from not being in the bottom of the league, but to play the way they played. I mean, he went in, and within a few weeks, two weeks, it was suddenly a different team. They were motivated again; they're playing well. So I think you're right now with a, a preseason um, and he's, he, you know, made some player changes. So uh, that would be fun. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. They spent a lot of money on Richarlison from Everton, the Brazilian player. And, and yeah, he annoys me that kid, but I, he's a great player. He's just, he's chippy. Well, well he's going to compliment Son and, and Kane really well, you know? Yeah. So now you don't have two to deal with. You have three and that just opens up the game. And so, you know, he's, he's going to be really well dialed in defensively. Kane and Son are willing to defend. Richarlison has had to defend at Everton. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure Conte checked with Ancelotti to say, hey, how was your time at Everton with, with Richarlison? He gets the yeah. thumbs up. He goes ahead and spends the money and signs them. And so now, you know, you've got a pretty formidable front three that can get the goals and the assists. They're going to be, well, a good defensive group because that's what Conte does. Um, yep. So, and they'll be consistent. He demands that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're up there. All right, well, let me ask you this then. There always will be organized, uh, you know, uh, Cardinaccio or, or like the Italian way in the back. Got three great strikers up top, at the front. What's their midfield look like? Yeah, I know they've had the uh, the Danish player um, and a Brazilian player in there, and I'm forgetting his name right out of the gate. But Yeah, it kind of know, puts you on the spot. It's deep in the, yeah, the yeah. knowledge base. Yeah, the, the back three, I mean, the way he did it at Chelsea, Conte, he was able to put three center backs in and run flanks and just keep two in the midfield. And that allowed him to break out on counters quickly, that allowed him to drop those wingers down and defend with a lot of numbers. And so when you do that, you know, you, you, ha- you need bulldogs in the center of midfield and some decent feet. And that's what that team has. So it, it's now starting to look like the, you know, the image of how he likes to play. He needed some time to, A, fill in a few gaps with talent, with players who are willing to play his style, and then also get a, a full preseason. Once you know you join a team mid-year like he did last year, you don't get that many training sessions. So it's really right. hard to stamp your ideas into a group when that's the case. And, and, and that's what you saw. He, he ended up doing it, and I was not surprised at all that they finished in the top four. But it's, now it's how far can you go in the Champions yeah. League and up the table in the Premier League. Um. 
my biggest regret over the weekend of not being able to see any footy is uh, is not watching Jesse Marsh in Leeds and Aronson's goal and, and Tyler Adams. I, I mean, that's going to be in a way, if they keep this up with an American coach, a couple American players, that's going to be America's team. Well, same idea. Jesse now has a preseason. So, you know, yeah. coach gets his ideas in. Look, Leeds was went down to the last day for them last year. So the ability to get three points right out of the gate is, is such a bonus. You know, it won't be every day that they can get three. So when they can, it's a big deal for them. The priority is always to stay up. And then from there, it's how far can you get up the table? It'll be really interesting to see, you know, if they can maintain their consistency game model wise. They need a lot of young, active players willing to do the work. You mentioned Aronson, who just literally runs nonstop. Uh, and then you have a Tyler Adams as well. So for an American fan, it's a great team to follow this year. American coach, yeah. American players, you know, it, it, it's a fun, it's a fun team. And I hope we have a lot of exposure to them. So here's how annoying it is for me. So I, you know, on my Twitter feed, I get the, uh, you know, Aronson scores his goal. It's a, they counted as an own goal. They're saying really he hustled and made it. I, I haven't seen it. I can picture what it was. Cause he's like, he's a pain in the ass. He's a harasser, cuts down angles really well, you know, coming out of the back and, um, creates some mayhem, which is uh, fantastic. But I can't. I couldn't even YouTube the the highlight Why? here. It was blocked. It was blocked by you know .dot uk because it's like I've, I'm again wow. to go back to the point earlier. I'm like, man, you can't even see a, the replay highlight of it. So I do my NBC Peacock thing, and it won't go through. YouTube won't go through. So so I don't know how people see shit here. I I really don't. Um, and everybody's football crazy in my shows every day. Um, you know, uh, there's two or three shirts, um, you know, various, you know, a bunch of English people are here. There was an Everton shirt and, uh, and a Liverpool shirt. They were, they were at the same show. Uh, they knew each other from Liverpool. Um, you know, they were just a walk literally across the park to one stadium to the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it must be frustrating, but they, you know, they must all have the access that I just don't have. Cause I'm only here for three weeks. You know? Yeah. The, uh, August is, is if I, am I right? It's a typical month for Europeans to travel within Europe. It's like that's their vacation month, you know? So it sounds like you have a lot of soccer fans coming through, which is good. Do you actually have any ability to address some of that or are you just going through your, your show? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you, you say that because, you know, as a stand up for so many years, I, I go up and I'm like, Hey everybody, how you doing? Where are you from? What's going on? Yeah, I'm Kevin. I'm, you know, whatever. And with the play, I'm not really supposed to do that. I'm supposed to get up. I only have an hour, and the play is literally an hour. So if I deviate from it at all, uh, I'm, I'm a little late getting off the stage. And there's another show that comes right in uh, 20 minutes later. So the stuff is is like clockwork here. You just boom, 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 show, 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 show. But having said that, um, a director that I respect, he's uh, actually he lives in um, in Italy. He lives in Rome, and he's a he's a director. He's a comedy guy uh, from you know L.A. for years, and he said, "Dude, you gotta you gotta do your stand up. You know, go up as a stand up and tell this story that you're telling." And today was my first day of sort of deviating from the script and basically screwing around. So I acknowledged the soccer shirt. I acknowledged the picture behind me, which is that famous photo, you yeah. know, the iron workers having men on a beam. And I joked and said, "Oh, this is Edinburgh." Um, you know. And and they laughed, and then I said, "No, it's New York City, and we're we're a very old city. Some of our buildings are almost two hundred years old, you know. Which is, you know, here in Edinburgh, it's like you know, yeah. it's a thousand, the city's a thousand years old, and the castles and all this stuff, it's you know, hundreds of years old. It's just amazing. Um, 
And everybody's worried about America right now. They really are, which I, I think is uh, sweet in a way, but they're, they're a little nervous about what's going to happen in America. And I always say, I don't know who the Scottish prime minister is. I, I don't know who the Welsh prime minister is, but they all know who our president is, what's going on. They're talking about global warming. It's like they, they're, they're really looking for us to, to take the lead and they're worried. So, um, you know, uh, not to get political on this show, but uh, it, it was, I can't, I wouldn't say flattering, but it was like, there's a lot of responsibility on our shoulders because talking about, you know, one of the guys said to me, uh, he was um, Pakistani and the other was in, from India. And they were talking about how, well, those men on that beam were all immigrants. Two were Native Americans, mostly they were Irish, two Swedes, a Pole. They, the immigrants built that city. And now this is just the new immigrant story. And they said, well, we're just browner than they were, but we, we have the same heart and we want to help you know, build this great country even more. And I, I, I was like, wow, I, I kind of hadn't thought about that. Even when I wrote the play that, yeah, 11 immigrants are up on that beam uh, building the, the greatest city in what I believe is the greatest country in the world. So, uh, you know, America is an idea and uh, this great experiment. How, how do you how do you know or how did you track down like the the heritage of each of the guys in that picture on the beam? It's it's a long and sordid history. There's been you know there's been a bunch of um, documentaries, doc you know, and stories about it. Oh, okay. uh, and only recently they figured out that that was my grandfather on the furthest to on the right because they thought it was a man named Sonny Glynn or Patty Flynn. And Patty Flynn's my grandfather, but they weren't sure which of it was. And they were from different towns in, in Ireland. And, and then they discovered some more pictures. And the man sitting to the furthest to the right, holding a bottle, only has four fingers on his left hand. And that's my grandfather. He only had four fingers on his left hand. He had lost it when he was connecting two steel beams together. And his finger got caught in the hole that was meant for the rivets. <laughs> so when the beam oh. moved, it, it took his finger with it. And the, the, the craziest part is... He lost it, and he went back to work, all bandaged up. Three days later, with a with a lost finger. Three and days later. Three days later, and my father says that he was more annoyed with losing three days' pay than he was with uh, losing a, a finger. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, I, and then we say, and there's a reason why there was nobody from the from the Mayflower up there on that beam. It was immigrants. Nobody wanted those jobs. It was a scary ass job. So yeah. um, I, I think the one thing I. I I have felt is a sense of history and how perhaps we have lost a sense of history that we are all, you know, you're Italian, Irish. We've lost a sense of history. Like, all right, two, two generations now, uh, these are new generations of, of immigrants and, and we need to um, smartly welcome them. Wow. Are, are you going to run for an office when you come back or perhaps well, join the United Nations? I'm, I'm a, I'm a dog catcher in uh, in Connecticut. That's what I'm going to run for. <laughs> uh, hey, did you hear about I, the messy uh, bicycle kick? No, no. God damn it. Oh, I missed man. everything. You didn't even hear about it? No. no. All right. Well, look, granted, they weren't playing the greatest team in the world. But, you know, he gets a hat trick on the day. He gets an assist. Who did they play? A smaller team in, in Liga. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. But it, hey, yeah, it, it, they certainly had their way with them. But there's a ball that comes <laughs> in. And if you haven't seen it, sounds like you can't. But if you haven't seen it, he just he has his back to goal, pops it up with his chest and, like, falls slash bicycle uh, kicks it but doesn't blast it just like pops it up and over the keeper and like chips him with a bicycle kick i mean it's unbelievable to see that he's still pulling this stuff off you he's know, so creative 
you know what I love? It's like half this stuff. It's like they were talking about the, the man who broke the mile, the record, uh, you know, uh, Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister. It was impossible. And then all of a sudden he did it and people broke it. You know, this record that would never happen. Humans can't run that fast. And then all of a sudden after he breaks it a week later, somebody else breaks it. It's like what I love about these stories, these situations is that growing up, Chris, we didn't get to see this stuff because if I saw him do that, I would have been in my backyard for the next couple of weeks trying that over and over and over again to the point where you forget that you know you're not even you do it naturally you just uh, it's in your it's in your muscle memory and I feel like you look at a kid like Brendan Aronson now just he's technically tactically sound and he's got it he's a player uh yeah. day one you know he's gotten to watch all this soccer growing up yeah, it's a game changer. And we're seeing it, I think, across all of society. Like I've heard the same thing in the chess world. You know, like the grandmasters today, let's say Magnus Carlsen, for example, from Norway. Mm -hmm. You know, his, his, uh, the backstory of his ability to look at matches, chess matches through the years is far greater than, let's say, what, what Kasparov had back in the, in the 80s, where, you know, he didn't have the internet to look at every single game in real time. And so a lot of it was figured out organically back then versus now you can do it organically, but you can also review every match that's ever happened. And, and if you have a, a guy like that, who has that kind of a memory, you know, it, it, it gives him that advantage and arguably like we're creating better and better chess champions, better and better soccer players, just because the exposure that everyone now gets to all this information. Jesus. From soccer to chess, we should, we should pitch this show to NPR. <laughs> I'm saying yeah, what I think you're talking about. And I'm making the same point is some of this stuff you did not know was possible. And when you watch it, you're like, you know, even Suarez, I saw, and Ronaldinho, like the things they do, I didn't know were possible. And so once you see it, you can mimic it. You can add your own flair. And and who we are, America is a creative culture. Uh, it, it really is. So I'm I'm excited about the future, um, you know, with the U.S. men's national team, with the upcoming World Cup. Um, and yeah, it's all good. I'm also excited about, I just want to, before we get going here, um, I am going to go to something called the Royal Tattoo. Um, that's not uh, getting something on your butt cheek in the Navy, but uh, it is apparently this cavalcade of horses and, and this big pageantry, all this Scottish history. So it's, I can see it from my apartment. On both sides of my apartment, there's a huge mountain that everyone hikes up to. And on the other side is a huge castle that everyone goes to. And there's a huge, like, like it like, almost looks like a Roman stadium, but, but, and it's apparently from those times and, uh, they have this big Royal tattoo. So I'm what, going why at, is it called tattoo? Where how does I that don't happen? know. I don't know. It's just like, everyone says you have to go to the Royal tattoo. They have it in August and that's it for the rest of the year. They train all year for it. It's, uh, and it, that's great crowds every year. So my girlfriend comes over, uh, towards the end of the run and we're going to go then. Okay. So when you're there, are you getting the story and the buzz about the English women winning the Euros? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Not uh, as much, okay. No, but but BBC Scotland covered it a little bit. So, um, and then there was a, a women's match on, which I got to be honest. That when I was trying to find the Premier League, I found a women's match, and uh, I think it was Scottish first division or English, but there were like there was no one in the stands, so. I say the same thing about, you know, our league domestically. If you want to support this and keep this going, go to the games. Go. And I almost say it's like stand-up comedy. Everybody loves 
once they go. It's tough to get to the comedy club with five, six people, a bunch of couples. It's a pain in the ass. But once you go, you're, you're really glad you did. And it's the same thing to all of our listeners out there. If you have daughters or, or sons, you bring them to those games. They're wonderful. They're, they're affordable. It's a great day. It's over in two hours, you know, um, and that really strengthens the leagues, strengthens the teams in the end. Yeah, in LA, they they're playing at uh, Bank of California, where LAFC plays. So Angel City um, gets onto that field and uses that stadium as well. And it's an amazing stadium. So everyone who's ever gone has had a great time, which is awesome. But now, let me ask you this: Wouldn't that be sort of, you know, uh, like you know, I guess the field is great, so that's fantastic. But wouldn't it be great if they had kind of their own stadium that was smaller that you could, you know, that it would be full? Yeah, I mean, you could do that. I mean, you know, at the same time, you want it to be you, you want to put these professional players that are some of them are the best in the world. And it's one of the best leagues in the world. And you want to give them a professional environment and you can do little things oh, like you, right. don't have to, you don't have to sell the upper bowl. You could just sell that lower bowl and make it more intimate based on what the ticket sales are going to be, et cetera. So it, it, it looks right. like on television and it's loud and all that kind of stuff. So there, there's right, ways. I get it. I like yeah, that. There's, there's ways to do it. Yeah, because, you know, you and I always shit on, you know, I call it the Patriot Stadium. It's just like just this empty vessel to play right. a soccer game. It's just horrible. So, yeah, you know, um, we seem to come back to that place every every week for some <laughs> reason. All roads lead to Gillette Stadium. Yeah, but, you know, I, I guess you're right. Build it and they will come. And so put them in a nice stadium with the nice facilities. That's how they, uh, the U.S. soccer got in trouble anyway, by putting them in shitty facilities that might have been smaller. So, uh, so yeah. good point. Yeah, right, well, that's the thing. That's why I asked you about the Euros because the, the the final with Germany and England did so well, both with attendance and and television viewership. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's everyone's trying to gather momentum and, and create a tipping point with this, and, and and try to, like you say, get people to now follow that momentum into the stadiums and the domestic leagues. And, and if so, you know, it'll grow yet another level and another level. So it's exciting in that side. Hey, did your did your women talk about it? Um, were they talking about it in camp? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you've been out of the country, but the coverage here yeah. was amazing. Like ESPN really, really covered it well. Got all the matches, you know, pregame, postgame, halftime. It was really well handled, and uh, you know, it just made it really easy for college soccer players to keep track of it during the summer. It was a perfect event for us. And then they watch and they they see what can be achieved. So, uh, all right, man, fantastic. All good news. All right, brother. All right. Best of luck in your preseason there. Um, I uh, I wrap up here on the 28th, and then I'll uh, I'll head back to the States. Actually, going to the Telluride Film Festival, so I won't get back to L.A. till maybe the first week of September. And um, I want to catch a match, a couple matches. Let's do it. Uh, all right. All right, brother. I want to hear right. about the show. So good luck with that, and then safe travels back eventually. We'll see you. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have today on Over the Ball for Kevin Flynn. That's me. And Chris Chamonix. That's him. We'll talk to you next time on OTB. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247. 